begins with this gate drop. Welcome back to the Power to the Ground podcast, your source of motocross and supercross news for the fans and by the fans. If you like what we're doing here, share this podcast, give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram, and of course, head over to Power the Number Two, the dot. I'm sorry, start over again. Power the Number Two, the ground.com. Become a member and check out some of the gear that we have over there. We've got some new stuff going on on the website, too, that uh, um, if you go over to the website and become a member that you will have access to, I will cover a little bit more of that as we uh, get a little bit more into the podcast. Um, at the end of today's show, uh, this week I met with the owner of Bro Taco, which is a buddy of mine that I served with in the Marine Corps, and uh, we did a little... Zoom call where I tried live on the video um, some of his hot sauce that he sent to me. It was delicious. If you want to watch the video, you can head over to the website and go to the videos page and you can watch it over there. Or you can wait until the end of this podcast and you can listen to the audio and see how it went. It was a lot of fun. Thank you again, Sean. Really appreciate the hot sauce. It was delicious. And I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your night to come hang out with me and uh you know just bullshit a little bit um very interesting interesting stuff uh next the pickums so pickums this is one of the uh the new things that we're going to add onto the website there's going to be a new page on the website each week you will go on um for motocross it'll be prior to um 250 moto one uh, you'll go on, you'll pick your top three overall, top three overalls for 250 and 450. And uh, the winner will get some sort of a prize at the end. Uh, we had a makeshift one through the forum on the website this week, um, but we have a winner to announce. I'll get to that in a second. But so um, if you... Uh, you will have access to the Pickums if you're a member. So if you're not a member already, head over to the, the website, become a member, and uh, I'll let everybody know when the page is open for the Pickums for next week. This will happen every single week that there is a race. You'll have an opportunity to win something, um, and we'll try to make these, these prizes sweet for you guys. So that being said, I have some results from our makeshift pickums from last week, the uh, the WW Ranch uh, races they were interesting and oh, the track was awesome. I freaking loved that track. Um, but we have a winner and our winner is Austin. Austin. So if you're listening to this, uh, just message me on the website and we will set something up to get you your power to the ground hat. I'll send that out to you. Uh, Austin got a total of eight points. Uh, he only got two points for the 450s, but he called the 250s dead on. Dead on. All three spots in their spot. The points, the way that they go, um, if, you, if you get a rider on the podium, um, but not in the correct spot, that is one point. 
If you get a correct rider in the correct spot on the podium, that is worth two points. So it is a possible of six points per class, a total possible of 12. And Austin got eight out of 12, and we had a tie for second uh, with Doug and Martin with five points apiece. So Austin, again, reach out to me, uh, message me on the website, and we will get you your Power to the Ground hat. Thank you very much for playing. I hope there's a bunch more of you playing this upcoming week. I'm not sure what the prize is going to be, but I will let you know on the website, on the forum, what the prize is going to be. I'll probably let you know on, on Facebook too. Um, but before we even get into the races, there's something that I uh, saw on Facebook today. Somebody mentioned in one of the motocross groups that I am a part of. Um, they asked, where are the MX girls? And I scratched my head for a second and I was like, wait a minute, where are the MX girls? <laughs> <laughs> that 30 second card if you guys haven't noticed <laughs> which i hadn't until somebody pointed it out to me that 30 second card is not held by an mx girl anymore so i don't know what's going on with that i thought it was something relevant the mx girls happen to be something that i really enjoy as part of the sport uh as long <laughs> as well as the uh the supercross girls um it has really become a part of the sport, and I guess I didn't really notice until somebody pointed it out, but now that they've pointed it out, it's like, it's like there's something missing. There's something missing. Um, I'm assuming that probably has something to do with the whole COVID situation, which I still haven't yet to even talk about on this podcast. I'm not sure that I'm actually going to, um, but... Anyways, let's get on with the show. Let's talk about the races. We will uh, we'll start out with the 250 Moto One. Um, 250 Moto One. McElrath took the hot the uh, the whole shot. Um, Ferrandis got a good start, uh, which is not normal. And actually, he got good starts the the whole day. Um, and he he didn't waste too much time getting up to the front and, and um. McElrath basically just went backwards. Um, one thing that I noticed about this race, uh, the, first of all, this track was really fast, and I loved this track. I love, for any of you who have been listening to this podcast, you'll know that I am a big fan of sand tracks, sand sections, sand this, sand that. Love the beach because there's sand on the beach. I just love sand. Um, but this was a combination of a, a fast and sand track it was a very European track, and uh, um, you even in the second motor you saw Anstey. Anstey was excelling, uh, probably because he's got a lot of MXGP experience and felt right at home on this track. But one of the things that I noticed about this, because it was such a fast track and there was a lot of different lines for passing, this class, this 250 class, is deep. It's like eight riders deep, a solid eight riders deep. Um, that could win, that could win a race if Ferrandis wasn't on rails, which he was today. It was pretty much a done deal from the beginning. Um, Ferrandis got a good start. As soon as Ferrandis got a good start, I think every, there was a collective thought of everybody watching the races saying, oh man, he got a good start. Yeah, this is over. Ferrandis has got this one. And, uh, it didn't take very long. He got to the front, um, and uh and, and it was just gone from there 
a couple things about the broadcast during the 250 race they did uh something that they've been doing for the past couple of weeks is their mount rushmores i think that's kind of cool uh i'd like to see what you guys think what do you think about the mount rushmores uh of the Mount Rushmore segments. They had Cooper do his, and they're basically, there's maybe one or two riders different between them, but I think it's still, it's, it's a cool touch to add into the, uh, the broadcast. Hampshire went down. Um, Hampshire was having a, a good moto and he went flying, um, and abandoned his bike mid flight. Uh, you, you could almost see his thought process where he was like, weighing you know do i try to save this or do i abandon ship and make sure that this bike isn't going to just crush me um and he did he abandoned the bike and he ended up when they they missed it in the initial shot in the broadcast um but they came back after the crash and they showed him coming back to his bike and he was like he was far away from his bike he was probably 50 yards away from his bike he had to run from one side of the track to the other to go pick up his bike and it was mangled the the whole back end was just uh, mangled all the plastics were broken off his front wheel was just wobbling they had to do uh basically he for the moto 2 he had a completely new bike they had to do basically an entirely new bike for him to uh to ride and and moto uh two glad to see that he was able to get back up and uh and he didn't get injured i haven't i haven't read anything about any injuries that he got out of it uh but i'm assuming we'll see if there is anything he looked again he looked pretty in pretty good shape after he got up after that crash i hope he's not injured because uh it's fun having hampshire in there hampshire always um he always throws a wrench in things and uh he's difficult to pass even for the top guys um and sometimes he leads laps and he just he just it's it it's a more interesting race when hampshire is there and on his game so that was 250 moto one our finish was ferrandis um jet lawrence jet lawrence made his way (laughs) he uh he was jet was fast um, and if you actually look at the times at the end of the race, um, Jet was closing on Ferrandis. He he shaved off a couple of seconds. He was definitely riding, and Ferrandis may have mailed it in, but um, the, Lawrence was was closing the gap at the uh, at the end of the the very maybe lap or two. And then uh, Jeremy Martin was in salvage mode. I know I didn't mention him him, him in this, but uh, he did not get a good start, and he was in salvage mode, and he managed to make it up onto the podium to uh, finish off Moto 1. So that was it for uh, the 250 Moto 1s. Then we moved on to the 450s. Um, Again, this is a really fast track. It was just a lot of fun to watch because there was so many different passing opportunities. Um on this track and you 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 could see it because the riders were uh they were able to force the issue in multiple spots on the track where the rider in front probably didn't know that it was coming because uh there are just so many spots on the track to make a pass um but anyways uh 450 moto one osborne gets the whole shot um they had roxon in the booth uh, Roxon came in 
And I got to say, man, Roxon Roxon solid in the booth. I wouldn't mind him coming back every single week. Um he was he was a little too pro Sexton for me, uh which makes sense cuz it's his uh his you know, teammate. But other than that, man, he had some great insights. He's well spoken. Um he he didn't have any flubs that I noticed. And um yeah, it would just be I I think they should make an effort to get him in until he's ready to race again. I think that would be a great addition to the booth. Uh he did well. Um so Osborne. Let's talk about Osborne. First of all, happy birthday to Osborne. He just turned 31 the other day. Um that being said, it is amazing that this guy this late into his career starting starting as a 450 rider is able to do what he's doing um he had two very fast rookies in front of him uh being uh Ciancio Rulo and Sexton and he was able to track them down and you could see he was he was he was definitely biding his time he was watching what lines that they were doing for quite a few laps and he was just kind of lurking and just watching what was going on. And then finally, man, he just, he pounced. And uh, he made his way to the front. And then uh, that put Cianci Rulo in uh, the second place spot and Sexton into the third place spot. Because I, I want to say it was like within uh, half a lap, maybe a full lap where he went from third to first. I'm pretty sure it was like a, more like a half a lap. Um. And then uh, Sexton ended up going down at the very, very end of the moto, which allowed Muscan to sneak onto the podium. Um, and for uh, for 450 Moto 1, that gave us a finish of Osborne, Sianzurulo, and Muscan. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of intrigue in this moto other than the fact that Osborne, Osborne just looked better better than everybody else that was around him um he was just able to do what he wanted when he wanted where he wanted and um it resulted in him just kind of blowing by people on his way up to the front when he uh he finally decided to make his way up to the front and uh yeah that's that's what champions do champions they just make things happen and uh and he did so uh before we go to break my PTTG count, um, and that uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, the PTTG count is when one of the announcers says power to the ground in the broadcast. Uh, for example, he came over that jump and he got down as quickly as he could, he could got his, the power to the ground and then moved on or um, off of a whole shot. Let's see who gets the power to the ground better in this in this start. And um, I only got one. I only got one this week. I think we got three last week. If it was more than one, feel free to let me know on the uh, on the website, and uh, we'll get a correct count out there. But that's something that I want to do moving forward. Before the break, I'll do the PTTG count. Um, that being said, let's take a break, and then we will come back and do the Moto2 recaps.
And we are back. All right, let's get straight into the Moto 2s. Now, I know that I mentioned something last week about the Yamaha bikes, specifically in the 250 class. Um, this is something that has been well known. It's been, it's been talked about for a couple of years now. But I think it's getting to the point where it is just so glaring that it's unbelievable to me that it hasn't been done. Nothing's been done about it. And that is that the Yamahas seem to just have so much more power than the other bikes in the 250 class. And quite frankly, I, I don't understand how for multiple years that can be the case. And not only is it still the case, but it seems to be getting... It, the the gap seems to be growing more and more and you can see it in the starts you can see it in the jumps the 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 uphill triples that they have in some of these tracks where the other manufacturers flat out cannot do them the other riders on other on bikes that are not yamahas flat out cannot do these jumps and the yamahas are doing them and not even top riders on yamahas just riders on yamahas um I don't understand how that could be the case, um, but it's an observation that um, I, I think it has really gone unspoken for, for quite some time. I, I, I don't understand how that could be possible. If anybody out there, and mainly I, I think I'm talking to Doug at this point, um, if anybody out there has any insights on this, on why it appears that the Yamaha bikes just seem to be on another level from all of the man other manufacturers in the 250 class. If you have any insights on why that is the case, please reach out to me and let me know. I'm very curious about it. I haven't been able to find any information. It, it really doesn't seem to, it doesn't appear to be a horsepower thing. It's not a raw power thing. Like their engine just has twice as much horsepower as the other bikes. But in practice, I'm just looking at these races and I'm seeing in Moto2, top three guys off the whole shot, all, all blue bikes, all of them, all three of them. Um, it, that, that it just, <laughs> that just can't be a coincidence. Um, it, it, and yeah, I, I'm just very curious about that. So let's get back into the, uh, the motos. Um, so Moto2, the 250s. Cooper actually gets the whole shot on this. I know, like I said, blue bike. Um, then uh, Ferrandis got another good start. Uh, and basically, he didn't he didn't waste too much time. Uh, he got up to the front, I want to say, within the first like lap, lap and a half. And, uh, and then it was no, one, two, three blue bikes uh, just up front for most of this race and then um about um i want to say maybe maybe seven it was maybe seven minutes left i should have put that in my notes but it was about it's like maybe seven minutes left in the race um jmart finally got around mcelrath it was a battle for jmart um jmart got up to the back tire of of McElrath probably 15 halfway through the moto and just wasn't able to to pass him and to McElrath's credit he was he was block passing like I've never seen before on anybody he was he was riding such a wide bike that it was unbelievable uh 
Jeremy Jeremy Martin was visibly getting impatient. Um, he looked like he was trying to just find anything anywhere at the point where he finally made the pass. Um, there was probably team orders uh, at that point. There was basically Cooper Cooper and and McElrath at that point were basically linemen for for Ferrandis and just you know blocking Ferrandis's way, making sure that Jeremy wasn't going to get up and, and challenge him. Um, but even even if in in uh, McElrath held off J-Mart for so long that he didn't even really have a chance to to even challenge Cooper. Um, so, um, at the uh, here, broadcast, I know uh, I'll I'll try I'll try not to to give them too much crap about their broadcasts, but there was something that happened at the very end of the race that just I was so mad. I found I was yelling at my TV literally yelling at my tv i wasn't even i was i'm sitting here watching this by myself yelling at my tv saying why are why am i looking at this right now so if you guys were watching the timing and scoring on the last two laps you'd know that jet was right on hampshire he was like right he was he was right on Hampshire <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if jet had made the pass on Hampshire, um, he would have found himself on the, the podium for the overall. And they were like less than a half a second difference for, for two laps. And instead of showing that battle, which actually had implications, um, for the overall for the day, instead of showing that battle, I'm watching Ferrandis just do a parade lap for two laps not not battling anybody just blowing by lappers and they're just talking about Ferrandis and I don't know what they got to do about that this 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 type of stuff happens all the time where they just flat out miss the action and I don't know what they have going on for like production I know that there's a lot of different stuff going on on the track and it's really difficult to 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 stay on the action when the action is happening but that like they should have one person who's just watching a bunch of screens and that's their job is to make sure that what is on screen is the action that is happening i understand that you know ferrandis went one one and this has it has a lot of implications for the for the the championship but at the same time there's there's other stuff going on on the track you don't just need to show the winner just gliding towards the the finish line um so i i'm pretty sure that's the only negative thing big negative thing that i saw about the broadcast this weekend um i would love it if they could do better at that (laughs) just just do better (laughs) um so for 250 moto 2 we had ferrandis in the number one spot we had cooper in the number two spot and then, like I said, J. Mart finally made the pass on McElrath and found his way up onto the podium. Um, and that gave us an overall of Ferrandis in the uh, the number one spot. Obviously, he took the 1-1. One, one. Um, Cooper in the number two spot for the overall and Jeremy Martin in the number three spot. And honorable mention, yet again, pretty sure this is 
three, maybe four races in a row off the look back, that Jet just barely missed the podium on the overall. Fourth overall again, Jet. <laughs> Jeez, man. Um, and I don't understand how he's not not moving up in the standings because of these finishes, but um, that's just the way <laughs> that's just the way that it goes. Um, so after today's race, um, we look at the point standings for the the 250 class, and we have Ferrandez maintains the red number plate, of course, with 307 points. Um, the point lead grows to 13 over Jeremy Martin. He lost uh, he lost some some footing today, um, 10 points, I believe. Um, Alex Martin. Is uh he's in third because of the Hampshire crash. He didn't finish out the first moto, so um that switched things up quite a bit, and it puts Alex Martin into the third in the third place spot. And um Alex apparently has a big bonus on the line for uh for taking a third place spot in in the championship. So um let's let's keep uh let's keep Alex Martin in our thoughts here. Let's uh let's help him push up because uh, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Alex get a a big bonus. I I think I'd like to see Alex get a big bonus. Um, then we in our number four spot in the championship we've got McElrath. He's uh eighty nine points down. Um oh Alex Martin's eighty three points down in the third place spot. So uh this is a two man race for sure. Uh then Hampshire fell to the fifth place spot. He is negative ninety, and Cooper in the number six spot at negative 103 and that will do it for the 250s for ww ranch so let's move on to the 450 moto 2 um barsha took the whole shot oh another blue bike no crap um but he took the whole shot and cianciarulo basically just flew by him right after that um and then uh, Barsha went down uh, first lap, and he actually had to get off the track and go to the the pits, and they had to rip his some of his plastics off because there was a bunch of I guess dirt got got underneath his plastics, and it was hindering the uh, the airflow. Is what they were saying in the the broadcast, and they ripped the plastics off to increase airflow. And um, he ended up getting back on the track in the 39th position. And um, I kept my eye on him throughout the uh, throughout the race. And he was in the 39th position, and it, um, he made his way up. He ended up finishing in, in 13th, um, which is pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. He was riding a good pace. He passed a lot of people. I'm sure he's going to get whatever that award is that they've been giving out for most passes. 39th to 13th that means he passed 26 people um i'm certain that that put him up there um then muscan oh man muscan is in second place let me paint the picture here <laughs> muscan is in second place and he's he's getting ready to make a move on Cianciarulo, who is in first place and they are they're coming through this rhythm section and they're basically bar to bar and 
there was a certain point, and you, if you actually look back at the replay, you can see where Muskan commits to the line that he committed to that ended up causing the crash uh, that caused uh, Cianciarulo to, to fall back. Um, but it, it's very clear. <laughs> it's very clear that Muskan was taking a beeline to this inside line and Cianciarulo just was not willing to give it up. And he went in there and then somehow from the inside, Cianciarulo is the one that ended up going down and, um, and Cianciarulo actually, uh, really what ended up happening is Cianciarulo just pushed Muskin off that line, which caused him to go over the inside berm to the outside line. And then he just finished the turnout and, and he was, uh, he was in first place and Cianciarulo was down in the dirt trying to get his bike up while, uh, while Zacco rode over his bike. Um, so then you had, uh, Osborne in second and Muskan was in first. Um, Osborne eventually caught up to Muskan and got into the first place position. And at that point, at that point, when Osborne got in front of Muskan, I want to say Tomac was somewhere around 10, 11 seconds down and he hadn't even made it into third place yet. Um, and there was maybe four or five minutes left in the moto. Uh, forgive me if the, if these aren't exact numbers, I should probably start taking notes on when these things happen in the moto. I'll do that going forward. Um, anyways, there wasn't much time left and all of a sudden Tomac, I, I don't know what happened. Tomac reached his final form and, and, um, he just started making moves. He got up into third place. Um, and he was like eight seconds down. I think he was eight seconds down on Osborne when um, he got into third place. And there was only a couple minutes left. And he fought, he he caught up to Muskan in probably a lap and a half, made up like six seconds. He was he was riding like I think they said uh, Osborne and Muskan were running like two fourteens, and he was running like two elevens, two twelves. He was just making up tons of time. He got up to Muskan and. Um, he made pretty short work of Muskan, and then Muskan dropped off the pace after that. And then it was on. It was on. Um, Osborne and Tomac for two, two and a half laps were just at each other. And there was a point where um, it looked like Tomac had a had a spot. It was that split, the um, that split line where it looked like it was very it it looked like when they were going in that it was going to be a pass but by the time they came out um there was uh i can't even remember the name of the line they called it something but it was a split line and it looked like tomac was going to get right up onto him and he he actually did he was like right there and uh osborne was just able to hold him off and then uh Tomac had a little flub coming through one of those roller sections and that gave uh, Osborne the chance to get away and secure the 1-1 on the day. But it was still pretty cool to see Tomac just pull it, just pull a ride out of nowhere. Um, so I, 
if you if you guys have been listening to me, I'm not a huge Tomac fan, um, but it is nice to see him up there and competing. Um, Daddy Tomac, uh, he must have the the baby must have slept through the night over the uh, over this past week. Um, so <laughs> to to uh, the results for the 450 Moto Two, we had Osborne in the number one spot, Tomac in the number two spot, and Muscan rounding out in the number three spot. Um, so our 450 overalls are as follows. Osborne with the 1-1 one, one, takes the number one overall. Muscan takes the number two overall with the 3-3. Three, three. Tomac gets onto the podium in the overall with the 6-2. Ciancerulo just off of the podium with the 2-7. Um, Sexton takes the number five spot with a 4-5. And Baggett takes the number six spot with the 7-6. Um, and into the championships points, uh, Osborne keeps the red number plate. Um, Sancio Rulo, because he went down and did not get a good finish in the second moto, that pushes the points lead from 15 points to 29 points uh, for the championship. And then Muskan is in third, 30 points down. Tomac is in fourth, 52 points down. Muskan and Siansurulo, you better not sleep on Tomac. Because if you sleep on Tomac and Tomac's baby is getting sleep, then you guys are going to find yourselves behind Tomac in the points. Um, Baggett in the number five spot. He's negative uh, 66. And then Barsha in the number six spot, negative 67. Um, I'm pretty sure in both classes, unless something crazy happens, pretty sure both classes, the way that it is right now, as far as the champions go, the stuff that happens behind them, um, you know, may change up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're looking at your points leaders are going to be your class champions. Uh, that being Ferrandis in the two fifties and Osborne's in the four fifties. But we will see how that pans out as we go forward. Um, and that rounds up WW Ranch. I'm pretty sure we have Thunder Valley next week. Um, again, pretty sure about that. Pro. Um, where are we? Schedule. There we go. Yep, Thunder Valley next week. Um, so we get, we've got two races left. That's a total of four motos. Like I said, I'm pretty sure you're looking at, at what you've got for champions now. The stuff going on behind them may change, uh, but looking at an Osborne Ferrandis finish for the championship, which would be pretty cool. Uh, Ferrandis finishing out his 250 career on top and uh osborne starting out his 450 career on top um it's pretty well not completely starting out i know it's, <laughs> he's he's got a few rides under his belt but um it's just good to see him, him up and rolling um again austin on the uh the pickums you got the the number one spot in the pickums that gives you a free power to the ground hat hit me up on the website we will hook it up and send it over to you um 
If you guys are listening to this and you are not a member, go over to the website, become a member, and you'll have access to exclusive content, uh, videos and such, and also the weekly pickums that we're going to do would give you a chance to, to win some pretty cool prizes. Um, stick around. After we are done here, you can listen to the audio of me sitting down with Sean from Bro Taco. We'll do some, uh, some live hot sauce tastings. Other than that, um, I will see you guys next week talking some Thunder Valley. And that is all we got for this week. So I'll see you guys next week. Peace. And we're recording. All right, you guys. I am here with my buddy Sean Delaire. Um, What's if up? you <laughs> if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, just so you know, there is a video live on the website. You can head over to www.power the number two the ground.com, uh, become a member and, and you can get access to this video. And I think Sean, you're gonna throw the uh, podcast up on yours too. Yeah, actually, uh, I haven't really been too active on my podcast, so this will kind of be like getting back into it sweet sweet it's a good time and i think everybody is uh just like craving content right now so yeah well i took a break just because of everything crazy that's been going on up in seattle right now um, yeah it's kind of like there's more important things to focus on in life right now no doubt yeah i t- i mean i was i was out of it for like three or four months so i'm just getting back into it now so i totally feel you on that one Especially with, uh, you know, there's a little bit higher stakes up there in uh, Seattle right now. But uh, Well, yeah, there, uh, there's riots again, so. Yep. They just, they just started back up. Good stuff. That's the world we live yeah. in now. Yep. Pretty much, man. I mean, I, I understand why, but it's a little, um, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, uh, so, Sean and I served in the Marine Corps together. Um, we have, uh, we've crossed paths and worked with each other in several different capacities over the last, I guess it's 10 years now. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, we're getting old, man. Yeah, we are. We are. I'm not, it's, yep. We're definitely getting old. We'll just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, we've got a, I don't, I don't want to get on a, uh, too, too off track because I know you and I can go down the rabbit hole as far as like memories and stuff like that goes. So maybe we'll go down that path some other time. But, um, for right now, I have so many questions for you. Um, well, first off, thanks for having me on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Appreciate it a lot. No worries, man. Um, I, so I'm going to go through this like series of questions to get a background of how these things came to be and what they are. Um, so I don't know if you knew this about me before I have like reached out to you about the hot sauces, but I love hot sauce. Um, I have an entire hot sauce, uh, shelf in my refrigerator. So I've been sitting, I've had these sitting (laughs) on my kitchen table for a week. And as you can see, they are still, still sealed. I'm surprised you haven't opened them. Cause I was like, are you going to try them right now? And you're like, no, I'm going to do it on, on the, on the show. 
Yeah, I, I, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. I would have just straight opened it right away. Well, just like sheer willpower, walking by them every single day, and I left them right there in, in plain sight too. So, um, uh, tell me about Bro Taco. Like, how did how like how did you get into making hot sauce? How did that happen? Uh, well, it's kind of it's kind of a funny story. So when quarantine hit. Um, I don't know how you guys handled it over there, but Seattle shut everything down. Uh, everybody was kind of forced to stay inside. Um, I was still working at the time for the most part, but um, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And just one day it got, it got in my head like I wanted a certain type of hot sauce and I didn't see it anywhere in the stores I went to. So I was just like, okay, well, I know the main ingredients in hot sauce for the most part. So I'm just going to see if I can make it. And I went on Google and I found like a basic idea and then I just made it my own. And that's uh, the first one, which is the pineapple habanero. They they have labels now. So if you can see that. That the yellow one that you sent me? Yeah. Okay. That's the yellow one right there. So pineapple habanero. Yeah, I just really wanted that. And everything I found was mostly just like a Tabasco or a Tapatio style where it was the red sauce. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't want that. I wanted it mostly pineapple with some kick to the teeth. So I just made it for myself and I ended up making a bunch way more than I meant to. So I (laughs) gave some, some of the small bottles to some buddies and they were like, holy crap, dude, like you should sell this. And I just told yeah, whatever, man. I'm just doing it for me. And I made another batch after I ran out and I just put it up on Facebook. I was like, hey, I'm making some more hot sauce. If anybody wants some, cool. And I expected like one or two. I think I got like 25 orders. Wow. I like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, I guess I'm making more than I thought. And so just from there, everybody loved it. Um, they wanted more and more people were hitting me back within a week to get more sauce. And I was, it was, I was just doing it as a hobby. So like, I didn't have any production set up and then I got an idea for a second hot sauce, which is, uh, the green one, which is avocado Serrano right here. Okay. And that was actually like a special request. Somebody was like, Hey man, I have this sauce. I can't find it, uh, anywhere. It's my favorite sauce. If you could make it. I'll buy it from you. So I was like, I actually sound super good. I'll see what I can do. I came up with that one and he told me that he loves mine better than the one he used to get. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just roll with that. And just with those two, like every kind of, um, I try to do a seasonal one. And so the summer seasonal is the raspberry jalapeno, which I've called radberry. And um, cause those ones don't have labels. You can't see it, but yeah. all of them are themed after a certain sport okay and so the and that's just kind of how the sauce expanded and people wanted more and more and i started making it but bro taco is a celebration of like vintage motorcycle racing bmx surfing skateboarding like those old school kind of vibes but with action sports and just that um, old school americana adventurism where you just go out with your buddies and you have a good time so that's i modeled each one after a different sport so the pineapple is surfing the avocado is longboarding and skateboarding and then the radberry is bmx and downhill uh, mountain biking nice and uh i'm still working on the motocross one 
Sweet. It, it's forward. coming. It's just uh, I've been going through some experimental batches, and they just haven't quite been up to par, so I'm not ready yet, but it's coming. And so that was just kind of the whole thing, man. It was just good vibes with your buddies doing what you love doing. And uh, you know this, but people who don't know me don't know this, but I love tacos. It's like my favorite food. And everywhere I go, I search for the best one. And half the time it's hit, hit or miss. Like it's good, but the sauce sucks or the sauce is good, but the food <laughs> sucks. So I was just like, well, I'm making these sauces. I try to pair them with a recipe and just kind of move it forward with a block. So it's just really, it's just food ideas for myself. Like I basically just, I come up with what I want to make for dinner yeah, and then I write the recipe and show people how to make what I made. And most of it's taco themed of some sort loosely. And it's just to kind of give people an idea of like this stuff's easy to do at home. You can cook for yourself. You don't have to go out there and be disappointed because you went to a restaurant and you're like, oh, I could have made better at home. And right. for me, I, I hate that. I hate when I pay somebody, I'm expecting something good. And then I'm just <laughs> like, oh man, that just, I want my money back, but I'm not going to do that. But I mean, we've all had that instance where you're super psyched about something and then you get it and you're just like, man, that sucked. So that was the whole idea. Like we're all stuck inside we're all, most of us were cooking or learning to cook or just doing all these different hobbies. And my hobby happened to be making tacos and making hot sauce. So I combined them with what I loved, which is vintage bikes and skateboarding and surfing and going outdoors. And I made this brand, Bro Taco, which you might notice the logo. Did, did you see the, what the logo was? Yeah, I did see the logo. Well, it's an homage to an old motorcycle uh, brand. It's uh, it's from the '70s called Bull Taco. Oh, okay. Yes, I I didn't catch that though when I looked at the the your logo though. Well, I changed it a bit. I actually emailed them and I I did it right. I asked their permission to use their branding, and they got back to me within a week because they're still around, but they make electric motorcycles now. Right. So they they don't make motocross bikes anymore. Um, but their brand was a thumbs up and it said bull taco. And then it said, um, what did it say on the bottom? I can't remember. It was something in Spanish. It stood for like Spanish moto works or something like that. C moto. But I asked them if I could use it. They loved the idea. They said it was great. They just wanted to see a mock-up when I was done. And so uh -huh. I talked with the graphic design firm that made my logo and we decided, because it's all about good vibes with your buddies, instead of a thumbs up, it'd be the Shaka. And I think it fits perfectly. Dude, that's awesome. I can't believe you you, <laughs> you went through Thanks, all man. of that for the logo. That's amazing. Well, like, so for me, um, as a kid, I watched on any, uh, was it on any Sunday with Steve McQueen? Yeah. Uh, with my dad. And it's all about all the different types of motorcycle racing back in the 60s or 70s i think it was 70s and to me bull taco was that era like it just encompassed that era of motorcycle racing so i was like i want to do that and if they tell me no then i'll figure it out but i'm at least going to ask them so i don't get a cease and desist later that's smart yeah. absolutely smart and i mean if they if they said no i would have figured it out and done something different but 
they gave me the thumbs up, which was awesome. So I was like, sweet. <laughs> That's a go ahead. So I obviously I follow you on, uh, I think all of the social medias. Um, and well, this one, that. this one is the one that I've seen probably the most chatter about. Um, yeah, man, people hype the Radberry up. Big like, time. I put a couple things out there, but uh, they've, they've now, really loved that one. I've gotten people mad at me because it's only <laughs> available in the summer, so they, no one can get it anymore. It's sold out. Now, tell me why this is available in the summer, because I think this is an interesting point. So, raspberries are a seasonal thing. And, yep. I mean, I can go a Safeway or whatever and buy raspberries, but the quality's not there. And part of my whole... Uh, vision with the brand is locally sourced as possible. So I physically go out to this farm over in, um, I can't remember where it's in, it's near Seattle. And I pick the raspberries my damn self. So I'm out there in the sun with my giant hat picking raspberries. And I walk out with like, every time I went, it was like four to, to eight pounds of raspberries. Jeez. And so when they, when the farm runs out, I can't get them anymore. And the quality is so much better. No, excuse me. Yep. The quality is so much better that I'm not going to sacrifice the quality of the product just to pump it out year round. So I'd rather just, that's the seasonal. It celebrates BMX and bicycle riding out in, out in the woods, out on the track with your buddies. Uh, personally, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's sweet, but spicy and it ha it's very versatile, but people have just been blowing that one up, man. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe like, when I came out with it, they were, they hadn't even tried it yet. And they're like, I want it now. I want like eight bottles. And I was like, whoa, man, like you can only order two at once. Relax. <laughs> Cause it, it takes a lot to make it. Like I, yeah. I spend like four hours out in the fields picking berries and then I have to process that sauce differently than the other ones. So it's, it's, it's unique for sure. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, this is the one that caught my attention. This is the one I saw it on social media. I heard people talking about it and just, you know, people were just blowing it up. And I was like, dude, let's, uh, let's do it. Let's do a taste test on the podcast and see if we can see what we can get going with this. So, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to start cracking these open. Um, so before I what start, order are you going to go in? I'm going to go, go I'm going to go in chronological order in which you made them. So I'll start with the pineapple, then I'll go to the avocado and then I'll finish off with the rat with the radberry. All right. But, uh, before I start with this, um, and again, I love hot sauce. Uh, I ain't no bitch, but I know, I also know that you are a glutton for punishment. So how, how, all right. All right. So actually, your the hottest one is and and to be honest like i made these specifically for versatility so that you could use them on anything because for me um the flavor has to be right okay i don't want a hot sauce that's just disgusting but super hot like it has to be delicious so i focus on the flavor first and the the spice second so your hottest is going to be the pineapple habanero okay which it starts off with like just straight pineapple and then cascades into just fiery hell for a couple minutes and then kind of mellows out. Okay. Kind of like riding a wave, man. You go up and then you shoot back down, but it's, <laughs> it's mellow enough at the end that you can keep eating it. Okay. Uh, the one you're opening now is the avocado serrano. That one, the best way to describe it is spicy guacamole. 
Like okay. the heat's there, but it, it's, it tastes like guacamole. So it's not too extreme. It's very, very um, mild. And then just a little bit of a step up from that, but around the same area is going to be the radberry. That one's more sweet and uh, you can taste the fire of the jalapenos, but it's not overbearing. I mean, okay. and it, it tastes kind of like a spicy jam. Gotcha. All right. So do you have any um, plans to make like a atomic hot sauce or anything like that? Go crazy with something? I, I want to, but like I said, the flavor's got to be there. X Games like, themed? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, I, want the, um, I want the motocross one to be one of the spicier ones. Okay. But I, so that's... That's why it's kind of like I've been trying different things to try and get it right and just something hasn't stuck yet. And for me, if it doesn't have the wow factor, like I use it around the house, but I'm not going to bottle that and sell it to people because if it doesn't meet like that high standard, like if I don't taste it and go, oh shit, this is good, then it, I'm not going to sell it. You're an artist of hot sauces. Well, hot I just sauce don't want to put out crappy stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've just got plain tortilla chips here all right i'm gonna have you ever do you ever want to shake them up all right do you ever uh you ever watch hot ones i do and it would actually be super cool super cool to get one of my sauces on there one day that would be i really like the uh i I really like the action bronson and also the shia labeouf episodes those ones are the, good. The Shia LaBeouf episode was probably my favorite one. Yeah, because um, he just was like, let's do it. I'm crying right now, but let's do it. <laughs> and he was like going over the top. He was like taking extra bite, extra sauce and everything. Just to just. Yeah, literally, he's like, you don't even because, have to do that. And he's like, no. Oh, so first thing, this smells amazing. It smells like. It smells like a pineapple, like just like a straight up pineapple right in front of me. All right. That's good. Here we go. There's the pineapple. Here's the heat. It's coming. Oh, yep. There's the heat. (laughs) I told you, man, that's the hottest one I got right now. Yep. You're right. It definitely, the pineapple comes first. And I'm riding that wave right now. I'm totally riding that wave. Woo. So I actually just redid the recipe on that mm-hmm. because uh, I, wanted, I wanted to dial it in closer and uh, it's hotter than it was before, but the pineapple's a lot stronger and I'd forgotten. And so when I remade it, because for a while there, I was eating that sauce all the time. Oh, you just broke up on me a little bit, Sean. Did I lose you?
There he is. Oh. Is it working? Yep, there we are. The rioters must have burnt down your internet provider. Dude, you know, um, the annoying thing is, is that whenever I'm on a Zoom meeting, it reaches like a critical point where my internet is just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Even though I pay for high speed, super oh, annoying. Oh, jeez, That is annoying. Well, anyways, we're usually, back. Usually we had... it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we have some technical difficulties. We're back. Um, I'm still riding that wave. I'm sweating a little bit right now. Um, the pineapple does come back though. It's good though, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like, it's, fan it's honest fantastic. Opinion. Honest opinion. Honest opinion. This is a solid, uh, a, a grade, like not even, not even supermarket, but like Trader Joe's class hot sauce. I don't know how I don't know how 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 better to put it, but this is like this is you just you you can't get hot sauce better than this. Like this is as good as it gets. It's just flat out how it is. Like I don't Thanks, know. That, I used to go to farmers markets all the time, and farmers mm. markets that that carry hot sauces. They're they're they make them the same way that you do. They use the the fresh locally sourced. Uh, ingredients and when you do that you've just flat out cannot get a better quality hot sauce than that the problem with um people who make hot sauces for farmers markets is if you want to get the hot sauces from those people you have to go to that farmers market they're not like sourcing yeah. it and sending it to you across the country so which is in that actually regard, crazy man i'm for, i've been doing this for four months now Mm -hmm. I've already, I've already shipped outside of the U S which blows my mind outside of the U S yeah. I've, I've shipped a couple orders to Japan. Wow. And I have, I have one, I actually have one that's about to go out next week. That's going to um, Afghanistan. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Military ties. I'm assuming Japan and Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So surprise washing it down with my Brown water here. Not nice. the shit, not the shit water. This is an interesting pairing right here. Interesting. You know, so, actually, I use the pineapple for cocktails. It makes a really good, if you make like a, not a Bloody Mary, but like a tropical kind of fruity drink, you yeah. put a couple drops of that in there. It's perfect, man. Really? Also, it's really great for a pork marinade. Yeah, that's probably the next thing that I'm going to, I mean, I've been making, I've been making pulled pork like it's nobody's business for like two weeks now. <laughs> oh. This up. Yeah, I mean, they settle a bit, so it's good to give them a good shake. This is obviously a, a th thicker sauce. So it's bunched up at the at the top a little bit here we'll get there we'll get do there. the do the heinz 57 smack the heinz 50 the best you know the old glass bottles you hit on the side like this oh yeah that totally worked except 
now it won't pour upside down. Ugh. Feel like yeah, those about. those small bottles, I I don't I don't offer those anymore, and that's one of the biggest reasons is that some of the sauce doesn't like to come out. You stuck a pen in there. We're so good. It's a logistic nightmare. <laughs> All right. We have so the we reason this one is longboarding. Yeah. The reason that this one is longboarding is because it, as soon as I made it, I took a bite and it instantly made me think of skateboarding down Southern California next to the beach. No way. Mexican food, I'm assuming. Oh, wow. That is really, really good. I'm glad you like it. That's really, really, really good. Like, I could see eating this with a lot of different stuff. Mainly, the first thing that pops into my mind is scrambled eggs. Yeah. Dude, that is... It goes well on salad, too. Yeah. Strange enough. My buddy uses it as a salad dressing. I don't think that's strange at all. Yeah, like a... So... The cream is all the avocado, right? Yeah, I mean, there's avocado, there's lime juice in there, but um, the texture and everything is just, it's avocados. And I, I make sure I pick, I like, dude, I'm, I'm kind of snob. Here, and I'll make sure I get the best ones, like the best size, the best color. Like, I don't just grab anything off the shelf and throw it in there. Like, if it doesn't look right, I don't use it. This one, this is, uh, so this one I could see using for like specialty stuff. Like I'll definitely try this in a cocktail. I'm definitely going to try this with, um, with pork as a marinade. Mm -hmm. This is something that I would use like every day on like multiple things that I ate that day. It's awesome. That is really, really good. All right. On to the Radberry. Let's shake this one up. I'm kind of curious what you're going to say about it. All right. I mean, this is one because I've seen so much hype about it. I've, uh, I've made a conscious effort to just manage my expectations. Yeah, I did it. I don't want to go, I don't want to go over the top and say, you know, this is going to change the hot sauce game forever. Because I don't I'm gonna know about try. All that. <laughs> then... like, I, I try not. So I just let the sauce and people talk about the sauce speak for themselves. You know, like I'm not out there going, this is the best sauce you'll ever have. But as long as people like it, you know, I'll keep making it. Right. And so far, I've gotten some ridiculous reviews, but good, but re- super ridiculous. All right. One guy said he wanted to sleep in a bathtub of it. Sleep in a bathtub of it? Yeah, I was like, okay, man. <laughs> All right, here we go. Dude. Dude. Yeah? That is incredible. 
I'm glad you like it, man. Dude, that is incredible. That's not even like... That's not even good for hot sauce. That's just like any kind of sauce. Like I could dip a cookie in this. <laughs> There's no way that's making it to tomorrow. No way. Well, you can't get any more of it. <laughs> oh, you're gone. right. Well, right. I mean, I may, I may, I may just happen to have one or two, one or two more bottles. All right. Well, you can't, you can't, it's no, it's out of stock for sale, but there is some that, um, let's just say people have some names on them that have done me some favors that are getting one. Gotcha. Are you doing any giveaways with them or anything like that? Uh, usually when they first come out. So like for my buddies and stuff, I'm like, Hey, this is the first batch. Let me know what you think. And I'll, I'll give out bottles to people just for their opinions and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause the first batch is always experimental anyways. Um, but I do set aside some that uh, I just kind of wait for a little while until like the, it feels just right. And I'm like, Hey, if you tag this or you go like, I'm trying to do challenges now. That's one thing I've th been thinking of. So for the pineapple habanero one, this is mostly for San Diego because it's too cold up here to surf right now. I'm like, hey, if you go out and you surf and you tag Bro Taco in a video of you surfing, first five will get a, get a free sauce bottle. Sick. So stuff like that. So I have some, I set some aside specifically for that. And that's kind of what the, the bottles I have left over Radberry. But for anything else, it's sold out. Jeez. I don't know how you're going to get away with that, man, like going forward, but <laughs> power it's to seasonal, you. man. It's seasonal. So yeah, uh, there's I'm not much you can I'm do working, about it. I'm working on the, um, my fall seasonal one and the same thing. Once falls over, that one's done. And then we move into the next season. Can we get a little it sneak comes back around. Can we get a little sneak peek? Like what, what's a base, you know? Uh, well, I'm, I'm working. I was working with Fresno peppers. Okay. And then uh, I'm kind of playing around with Chipotle. Okay. So I'm trying, like, it's still kind of like in the works. So I can't really give too much because it's like the recipe is so jumbled right now. Like I yeah. had two that I went through and they, uh, they just didn't work. I was like, okay, I'll use this in the house, but I'm not going to sell this. Yeah. But I'm kind of switching gears. So I'm, I'm, I was using a kind of a citrus based one. And it was too similar to the pineapple and I wanted it to be completely different. So I'm kind of looking at the, the holiday flavors, you know, I'm not doing pumpkin spice. I refuse. So before <laughs> you even bring that up, I refuse. I'm not making pumpkin spice hot sauce. Fair. <laughs> not doing it. Okay. So, um, t tell, tell everybody where, where they can go and get this stuff. So uh, you can always follow Bro Taco Foods on Instagram uh, or on Facebook. But if you want to order some sauce or you want to check out some uh, DIY recipes that you can make at home with your buddies and your family, it's brotacofoods.com. Spelt exactly like it sounds, just bro and taco <laughs> and then foods. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super simple. The whole idea, man, is um, no frills, just thrills. Just bare bones, keep it simple, have fun. 
and just uh, the sauce is best shared with your family and friends. So I encourage everybody share it with people, have a good time. That's what it's all about. Dude, absolutely. This is well worth sharing. Absolutely. Um, for everybody who's out there watching this video or listening to this podcast, um, I do believe there was there a, was there something else that we threw in here? I can't remember. Remember we had a conversation about a code. Did that happen? Oh yeah. No, that did happen. I made it. it. Did ha- um, okay. So it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's the code you chose, but we are going to be working with power to the ground. I am creating a specialty sauce for power to the ground. That's what we were talking about earlier with the, uh, the motocross one. Uh, and I'm looking at that to be the fall seasonal or it might, depending it, I'm playing with it being the fall seasonal or year round, depending okay. on what it is. And we'll talk more about that off the, off the uh, zoom meeting. But okay. if you go to bro taco foods, and you go to order your hot sauce, use the discount code PTTG, and you get 20% off your first order. Boom, 20% off. This is, dude, again, thank you very much. I love these little bottles. I'm totally going to reuse these. These are amazing. Um, Uh, Eventually down the line, I'm going to do a recycling program where after you're done with your bottle, when you buy your your sauce, you'll have a, a return label. And you just put it in the box, slap the label on it, ship it back. Because I hate making waste. Yeah. So if just recycle the bottles, keep them going, helps the environment. And it'll save people money. So anyone that recycles their bottle back to me, uh, I haven't figured it out yet, but they'll probably get like a couple bucks off their order, you know? Dude, that's an awesome idea. I'm totally, totally on board with that. Dude, let's keep this rolling. Let's, uh, you know, <laughs> let's check back every once in a while. Um, we'll see if we, we can get you on, do like a cooking show on zoom or something like that. And we'll, uh, we'll throw it in. <laughs> you can do one of your recipes. Right, um, yeah, we can do that. I, I really appreciate you sending these, these sauces out and take some time tonight. Come hang out with me while I'm drinking my brown water and, uh, eating some hot sauce right. and chips. I just, I just got uh, normal water, but, uh, cheers. Cheers. Boom. Oh dude. Oh, so ch- I got a new water bottle because I broke my other one. Okay. And so it's, it's, it's a freshie. There's nothing on it. I had to throw on the LRS sticker, but all this white space. Nice. Here, hold on. For, since we're doing coin checks. Coin check. Yep. Because every day is an adventure. But since I have all this fresh space, it'd be perfect for one of those orange power to the ground stickers. Ah, yeah, we will, uh, we'll talk more about that after I, uh, hit the record button. Stop. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) All right, dude. Oh, thanks again for having me on the show. I'm glad you like the sauce, man. That's what it's all about. Like if, if you didn't like this stuff, then it, it, I wouldn't keep making it. So as long as people like it and they love it, then I'll keep making this stuff. Sick. I will definitely, I'll send you pictures of, uh, stuff that I made with it too. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Um, thanks for listening to this, uh, this podcast slash watching this video. This is the first video slash podcast that I've done um, with Power to the Ground. So if you're, again, if you're listening to this podcast still where we should be at the end of the podcast and you want to watch the video of me sweating after I eat the, uh, the pineapple hot sauce, 
Um, you can jump over to the power to the ground, uh, power, the number two, the ground.com become a member and you can watch all the videos that we have over there. Obviously jump over to, uh, bro taco and, uh, bro taco foods.com and, uh, order some hot sauce. Use that discount code and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.